Hello, my pleasure seekers, and welcome to today's beautiful episode with the wonderful Shayna Hiller. I am so excited to have her. As always, we've been chatting for the first 10, 15 minutes about life. So Shayna, over to you, honey. Who are you and what is going on in your life today? Oh my gosh, great question. Well, hello. So grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Lucy, for having me on. I'm Shayna Hiller. I've been, uh, gosh, who am I? I'm not going to spend the entire hour talking about that. But in short, uh, I have been teaching yoga for almost 20 years. And over the past, I guess, you know, I, I find that my uh, professional life, I've also been doing health coaching, wellness coaching for many years. And I find that my professional life um, is, runs parallel to my personal healing evolution. So in the past, over the past four years or so, I've discovered uh, the Tao Tantric arts and sacred feminine healing and the path of pleasure. And so I've been sharing that very similar probably to what you share and what your listeners are interested in, um, of, especially for feminine awakening. Um, and so that's something that I've been shifting into lately. Right now, I'm actually in Bali in my little my little villa room, uh, preparing actually for an upcoming retreat, a women's sensuality retreat that I'm hosting next week. So this felt just so perfect to be able to uh, just tap into all the magic and juice of pleasure and just to activate what's about to happen on this retreat. So here we are. Exciting. Oh my gosh. Perfect, perfect, perfect timing. So yeah. you mentioned, I love this. So thank you for sharing. Um, you mentioned obviously that your career has like grown as you have grown and changed. So how have you come now into the sort of feminine sensuality space? Um, and how have you become the woman that you are to be able to hold that space? Because that's a big responsibility. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big one. And I'm happy that no one told, well, I don't know if I'm happy that nobody told me before, but I think I am in retrospect because it's like, I'm just doing it. I'm just going and I'm learning through experience. And I feel like that's also like how we evolve as leaders and teachers as well. Is just like, here I am, I'm showing up for this. It really does feel like a calling. That being said, there's a part of me that's like, gosh, this is a lot. This is like a lot. And I was actually just on the phone today with a, a former mentor of mine, dear, dear friend, talking about, gosh, you know, should I have just stuck with yoga? You know, I had been teaching yoga for so long. I still teach yoga. I incorporate it into everything that I teach, but I can do it with my eyes closed. I know it like the back of my hand. And they reminded me that this is, this is just a new evolution. This is just a new phase of finding my voice yet again in this new space and building the capacity to hold the space for this deeper work, which ultimately transformed my life. So going back to your initial question of you know, how did this how did this new branch of the tree uh, ultimately in my career my life purpose if you want to call it uh, how did that begin to sprout and funnily enough it actually happened here in Bali so I came to Bali for the first time by myself I I'm weird with time approximately six years ago I think it was about six years ago <laughs> and I just like forget like timing of things I'm like it's now. Uh, but about six years ago, I came. I came. Uh, it was a, a lot of alignment and synchronicity that brought me here for the first time, and it was actually one of the few times that I was in Bali, not to run a retreat or a teacher training. It was purely for pleasure, and it was a desire that I had. And because of that desire, I manifested the conditions and circumstances to bring me there. Uh, <clears throat> rewind at the time. 
I had not, I don't know if this is TMI for your listeners, probably not, but I had not gotten my period, my menstrual cycle for 10 years. Wow. Thank you. I've been doing yoga and meditating every day and eating super clean and doing yeah. all the detoxes and like all the things checked off the list forever. I wasn't connected to my cycle whatsoever, mm-hmm. nor did I actually feel like anything was missing because I was operating 99.9. Let's actually just call it hundred percent from my masculine energy for so yes. long from yeah. here only, but I appeared very feminine. My oh hair my extensions, God. my my whole everything just like exuded feminine, but on the inside and who I was, I just I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was very much in the yogic, in the yogic path, which you know, from a if we want to talk yogic philosophy, is more of a masculine path. You know, there's there's a saying by Osho says that uh yoga is the path of deprivation with awareness. So I was like going to India, going to the ashrams. How little can I eat? I was like not into the material pleasures. I thought that would take me away from my spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Whereas the more tantric viewpoint, if you want to look at it from a lineage perspective, talks about uh, tantra is the path of indulgence with awareness. Yes. How can I actually experience my senses as a pathway to greater spiritual growth and evolution? At, you know, and and so seeing the body as a temple. And so once I started to learn about that slowly, it, it started through books, actually through reading, I got very inspired and intrigued, but I was still scared. Uh, and the fear I think has to do with, oh gosh, you know, just growing up in a sex negative culture and past traumas and not trusting myself and my body is bad and sexuality is shameful and anything that feels good is, is a sin ultimately. So let me just deprive myself and, you know, be disciplined. Uh, so I planned this trip to Bali. It happened and mind you, didn't get my period, finally started to realize that that was an issue. But it took me many years. I was kind of like, I'm lucky. I don't, I don't deal with PMS. I don't get cramps. I don't, I'm just kind of even keel all the time, right? Which is also like a masculine perception, right? Like, thank God I don't get my period. Like, thank God. Yeah, I can so relate to this. I might, and like when I had it, it was, yeah, it was a nuisance ultimately. And I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't taught. Like we were, you know, back in the day, the day, day, back, back, back in the day, there were rituals for women mm-hmm. to, for various rites of passage in their life, birth, first menstrual cycle, menopause, coming of age, uh, marriage, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, all, all different that, uh, experiences that women pass through, phases that women pass mm-hmm. through that now just... You know, it's like, oh, I, I, am I dying? There's blood coming out of my, like, is, is what's happening here? Like, <laughs> I didn't know. So uh, I, I, I figured out, I, I eventually realized because I, you know, was evolving. Oh, this is an issue. And this actually was one of the biggest teachings of like, <laughs> no matter how much like stuff we do for our healing, no matter how many books we read or, or uh, you know, supplements we take or yoga classes we go to, if we're not actually ready and desiring deeply, like, and surrendered to like, I actually really want to heal, it won't happen. So I think that like, I was doing a lot of things, but deep down, I didn't necessarily want to ultimately re-inhabit my body because for the body to be healthy enough to have a cycle, 
we have to be well nourished on, on all levels. There has to be enough jing chi. There has to be enough sexual energy and energy in the body for that downward flow to happen. And I was just standing on my head all the time, like drinking green juice. I still drink green juice, not knocking the juice, but you know, I also eat bread now. So it's a, it's all about balance ultimately, but I really wasn't in my body. So mm-hmm. came to Bali um, purely, it was like the first time that I gave myself permission to do something purely out of desire. Like, oh, well, what's the meaning? What am I like? I should be working or something. No, I just wanted to go. Don't know why, just did it. On the plane to Bali, I got my period. And I remember I was wearing a friend of mine. She she lent me a pair of gray sweatpants. And I felt so bad at first because I didn't have, a, I didn't have tampons or pads. I had not purchased them in a decade. I didn't have them with me. And I'm on my way to Sydney, Australia, actually. Of that was course. my stop. That's and I'm like, so funny. Have, yeah, I'm like, always have the same have situation. Them. That's always the same for me. I always call my period on the way to Sydney. Always. Oh, interesting. There must be something yeah. in the air there because, yeah. and it was a full moon. So long story short that that lasted for 16 days. Um, I actually ended up getting like super high fever. I got sick. It felt like a huge purging. Uh, and I, and I truly mark it in my little timeline of my life as like a, a spiritual awakening. I had a spiritual awakening. You could say when I discovered yoga, because that taught me about just self-awareness and the fact that I have choice and I have consciousness and, you know, just to become aware of my patterns and just that awareness and presence and consciousness. But this did something that shifted me, the big shift from operating primarily from my masculine to beginning to actually feel like a woman again. Mm-hmm. And I say again, because I definitely felt like a woman when I was in my early, early teens, when I first started menstruating, mm-hmm. but I was ashamed for that because at that time when, you know, my hormones were just beginning to flourish and move and shift and evolve, I was shamed for being sexual. So mm-hmm. I cut that off. Like I ultimately caused my own drought, if you will, uh, but it's all perfect because if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be able to come back with this newfound appreciation, reverence, curiosity about this, uh, about my cycle. So ever since then, it's been uh, pretty regular. I just have to make sure that I am uh, taking care of myself and honoring my phases. Otherwise, if I overwork, she's like, no. So now I have a really good relationship. And that's what has brought me to supporting women uh, in understanding the wisdom of their womb and using pleasure as a healing modality uh, when it comes to anything from attracting uh, more intimacy into your life to uh, growing a business or really manifesting whatever you desire in this in this reality. And there's a lot that we haven't been told, a lot of wisdom that's been kept intentionally, especially from, I want to say, initially, I want to say womb bearers That being said, uh, this applies to women who don't even have a physical womb. I work with a lot of clients who've undergone hysterectomies and who are even in menopause. And even then, there's a vortex here, energetic, that is so potent. If we just tune into it for a second, because, I mean, that is the the cauldron of, of creative energy, of the possibility of creating life. And we can create so much from that space when we understand, when we release the shame, first of all you know, from eons and eons of suppression of feminine 
to learning how to cultivate our energy in a new way and connect with our bodies in a more harmonious way too. Because, you know, we've also been conditioned to believe that there is intrinsically something wrong with our bodies if we don't look like that advertisement. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that is because I'm at the moment doing, I'm studying breath work at the moment because similar to you, yoga, masculine, go, go, go. And no shame. And I don't want to shame masculine and feminine and like, you know, polarize them. Yeah. Yeah. But like when you tell a woman and myself included, like, what does your intuition say? You can see a woman's face being like, uh, oh, because we know we we actually know we know we know the wrong people we're dating. We know the wrong careers are in. We know the wrong cities are in. Like we know all these things. And for women that are listening right now, they're like, this sounds real. We were like, holy shibbles. What is this? And I get it. I love this chat. But what would you say to someone that is very like, go, 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 has their lists to tick, periods annoying in the way to actually slow down, which I know a lot of people don't like that phrase and tap into who they are as a woman. Cause we have so much superpower, like you said. I mean, you really answered the question by asking the question of like, <laughs> get, get curious, get curious about this superpower. Yeah, You know, it's funny because you say the woo-woo thing and it's, I, I did a training a couple of years ago and we actually learned what the origin of woo-woo and Ooh. there were these, these tribes of woo women in China that were the, why they were the medicine women. They were the shamans. They were the priestesses. They were the ones that had this healing energy ultimately that, uh, was that was incredible and then of course you know down the line that didn't get brought over to the west it actually didn't even stay so much in the east because people couldn't it wasn't so linear it wasn't so logical it was more mysterious and mystical but to answer your question in in a way because I still listen I still am I have a very very healthy relationship with my masculine energy you know the shift or we and I, I don't even you know, I've been trying to toy with, like, I don't even love calling it masculine and feminine because all of a sudden we go into gender, all of it, yin and yang, sun and moon, dark and light, like whatever you want to, like, it's an energetic, uh, that we all, whatever you identify as embody, we all have these aspects of the universe inside of us at all times that we sleep and we wake up, right? There's, there's, there's a flu, there's a part of us, whether or not you're in touch with it, like you mentioned, that is intuitive, that is emotional, that is sensitive and sensual. There's a part of us that needs to, you know, show up on the podcast at time on time and be organized and do our taxes. And right. So it's very important to understand that this is not better or worse. This is actually all about harmony. If you've ever seen that yin yang symbol, a lot of my teachings come from Taoism, which is a universal a uh, universal language ultimately it's non it's non-dogmatic it's just about nature and that is this combination of dark and light so it's very that so I want to preface this with please this is not about oh the masculine is bad and we have to shift all to the feminine you know depending on who I'm working with there are some women who come to do this work and I'm like we need to bring some discipline and structure in because yeah. there's too flowiness and too much it's just you know like let's let's get that and then then we become masters we become masters of our energy we understand more of who we are in our full spectrum selves which is magic so to start I would get curious about um if you are interested like I said you know if you're curious if for example your period is a burden for you or 
uh, you're looking to build a deeper connection with your intuition or your body, your body's wisdom. You may have heard, like, listen to your body. If that feels like, wait, what, how do I, I don't yeah. know. You know. Like if you were to tell me that years ago, I'd be like, but my body's not telling me like something good. I'm yeah, not- like I know I can, I can move. I understand. Yeah. It's, it's, it can be very ambiguous. Uh, start to get curious. So it's like, I'm not even going to say like, do this or don't do that. Or, you know, you start, just get curious because that's what led me to seeking something that was less logical, but in a, in a way that still met me where I was at. Because there were a lot, even the training that I did, like if I were to have read the website for that, like five, even five years ago, six years ago, no. Too, too out there for me. But as I'm evolving, it's like certain things. I'm like, oh, womb wisdom. Oh, sacred feminine energy. Oh, like intuition. Oh, embodiment. It's just, I, I just started to hear it more. And I started to hear it in my own being. The more I nourished myself, the more I slowed down. So there's actually a wonderful book by a woman, um, Alyssa Vitti, I believe. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing oh, it right. Yeah. yeah. Do you know it in flow? flow yeah yeah so that's like kind of like something like that or just like learning about like the phases from you know an actual like uh physiological standpoint of like what's happening hormonally like why do I get PMS you know which uh I have a few different acronyms for PMS please make space oh my god I love that (laughs) please make space um what's another one I oh gosh I had another one it, but it, it was like pleasure, magic, and sensuality or something like that. Like you can, you can transform this time of, uh, of your cycle, of your, of your cycle ultimately to something where you really tap into that wise woman within. Uh, so learning about the phases, learning about what's happening on a hormonal level, being willing to experiment, for example. So if you're anything like my former self, I I am like really, I, I used to be, I still can be, so I've got to catch myself. I can be really rigid in like, yeah. I have to do yoga every single day. And it's like the same thing every single day at the same time, which is very important to have a sense of structure. And just again, very important, but I was tied to it to the extent that if I didn't do it, I was like freaking out oh, and I I do it when I didn't want to do it. Exactly. I would do things that when I didn't want to, I would like there's a fine line, you know, with like, you know, pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, like, oh, I don't really want to. And then I actually, oh, I did want to, I feel so good. But this was different. This was like, my intuition was like, Shana, maybe you should just take a walk today. Maybe you don't have to do 30 minutes of cardio every single day. Maybe what you've been told and what you've been so deeply ingrained to believe to be true is actually causing more stress and buildup in your system. And maybe yin yoga could support you. You know, the, even yoga in its essence, the spiritual teaching of yoga, the philosophical understanding of yoga is notice your tendencies. Notice where you lean. Do I lean to the yang? Do I like, I just lean to the yin, do the opposite of the thing that you tend to do, because that's, what's going to bring you balance. And that's tough sometimes where it's like, well, I'm not that kind of person. But if you know that by getting curious about that other side of you that, you know, might be slowing down, knowing that quote unquote, slowing down, which really isn't the right word. Like you said, it's not, it's tuning in. It's pulling back. You know, you've, if you want to, if you want to shoot, uh, bow and arrow since we're getting woo go back to our ancestral roots you gotta pull back 
in order for it to go ahead, in order for it to shoot forward. And similarly, the feminine, the yin, the moon, right? It's more subtle. It's not something that we're, you know, it's, it's not a pre-made formula. It's our own unique individual blueprint. And it does have the capacity to bring us not only the ability to manifest, because mind you, when I was operating primarily from my yang energy, I was getting a lot done per se. I was productive, uh, but I wasn't at ease in my being. And it was a lot, it was very hard. <laughs> it was hard. I get that. And I think that's when it comes down to business as well. Like I find sometimes I go all in on, on my feminine and I'm like, yes, and that was what I did last year I was very in my feminine and why I'm living at my parents right now because nothing got done <laughs> uh, and yeah and then I learned the other part of me was so my masculine so disciplined and I had a disordered eating for like 22 years and that was very disciplined like very in my masculine yeah and then when I overcame that I went straight in my feminine so I'm now at this point where I'm like and I know a lot of listeners have body you know they're working with their body image and how they feel about themselves what do you suggest then to women that go one way and then the other, like the absolute extremes and they don't know the balance? Because balance, we've all heard this word balance, but we're like, what the freak is ba- balance? Yeah. Oh gosh, this is phenomenal. <laughs> There's so much wisdom in that in that question. And, and that reminds me, and it's so important to shed this light because it's almost like, it's almost like, what do you say? If that happens, what do you say when that happens? If you've been operating from any extreme, ultimately be prepared for the other extreme. In my one of my professional trainings, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, we had a, um, a guest speaker, Janine Roth. You may know her. She's an incredible uh, speaker and author for women. She has many books and one of them because I also uh, suffered from uh, an eating disorder for many years. And that also, I mean, no, there's like, they're all... there's a lot lot of parallels happening here who would have thunk we just met Uh, but (laughs) that there was a book she wrote called women food and god and it was very interesting and very shed a lot of light on this and again even just you know studying the tantric path and embodiment i started to get curious because i was like on the brink of not being here anymore and something needed to shift uh but she mentioned something and i'll never forget this and I forget a lot of things, (laughs) but she had a quote that she said, for every fast comes an equal and opposite binge. So to the extent that you've been depriving yourself, meaning when I say to the extent that you have not been honoring nature, that you've been using force or your own mind to like override a natural function eventually things are going to have to balance themselves out because nature always gets her way. It may not be fun, right? Like this is why when people are chronically, like let's just say, for example, if people just eat crap their entire life, like I feel fine, I feel fine, I feel fine. Sure, the body will, you know, continue for as long, but then under below the surface, eventually it's like, why am I sick all of a sudden? All of a sudden I just got sick. It's like, no, it's not all of a sudden. It's a culmination of, of things. So Um, so I knew I had, I had experienced that wisdom. I had heard her say that when I was getting out of my eating disorder phase and I would eat everything in sight. Yeah. That was ravenous. I was the same. uh, 
And I, and then I didn't, I hadn't yet learned about guilt or I felt so much guilt and I was out of control and I gained a lot of weight and it went the other extreme, Mm. but my higher self was witnessing the whole shebang. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is just that thing when you got to, life is balancing itself out through you. Just be patient. It's, it's not permanent it's temporary that's you know above and beyond all of it just remember that this too shall pass and eventually things balance themselves out to such a degree that you know there's zero charge around food in fact it's like one of my greatest pleasures my body I don't even weigh myself anymore I used to be like every single day to a t like it's it's I feel like I literally took a key that I had the entire time that I didn't even know or realize that I had in my pocket and I unlocked the, the, the door to my jail cell and let myself out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that was possible because I was so locked in the constructs of my mind and fear and rigidity. And, you know, like what, if, if, if I, if I let go, you know, all hell will break loose, but it's like to be able to, to swim in the pool of blissipline. Blissipline is like that gentle discipline where like you trust yourself. You still have boundaries, but it doesn't have to rule your life and take up all that space in your mind. And it does not have to be at the cost of your pleasure because that's another thing that, I mean, this is obviously your line of work. And I'm so thankful that you're sharing this message with, with everyone. I just didn't know that feeling good was actually good for my health. Yes. (laughs) So like what, where did that come from? And so when you went through that adjustment of like balancing out your relationship with food, how did that, how did the rest of your world change as well? Everything changed. Yeah. Everything, everything. Well, first of all, when I was at my low, so I, these are all labels. I like, I just don't like labels, but it's like, well, what do I call things then? But if I wanted to define, you know, this eating disorder, it was uh, orthorexia, which is like an unhealthy obsession with purity and cleanliness. So like I was getting colonics all the time. I was fasting. I was trying to eat just air and be a breatharian and get sunlight and just not be a person ultimately which like where did that come from where I just don't even want to exist like why do I want to be so light that I become air like what is that about like why am I leaving my body I was very dissociated for a very long time uh so when when you get to a certain weight and obviously it's different for everybody based on their constitution but when you get to a certain weight like vital functions shut down that we might even take for granted or think are just like part of who we are like uh well, definitely certain organ systems, but emotions. I had no emotions. I didn't really feel. That's why when I said earlier about I was, you know, very much, you know, linear, even keel all the time, not connected with my emotional being. So everything was just kind of average, neutral all the time. So my life was a little bland. And I also was eating bland food. And my life was bland. It was um, predictable. It was, I don't I want to use the word boring because I was never bored, but I, I, I didn't know what I was missing and there was not a richness to it. Uh, also, you know, things were a struggle. Uh, I've noticed that 
as mentioned earlier, like with business, for example, I've been running my own business now for you know almost 20 years. Uh, but in that, like the, uh, the level of exertion and uh, just, well, for many years, I actually can't, I actually moved home with my parents in my mid twenties because I could not, I could not function personally. Like I literally could not function. And I just was like, I just want to be cradled in this womb forever. But I, I, I did start uh, to work, but it was just so much pressure. Everything was overwhelming, ultimately intense all the time. So that's where allowing myself more pleasure, uh, consciously choosing. I also studied nutrition. So I understand how different foods, not food doesn't just build your body. It builds your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, your sense of self, your connection to higher power. Like it is like really, uh, like, that's why I'm so excited now. I love experimenting with like just feeling grounded. I love feeling like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm down to the earth and I've got nourishment and sustenance in my body. You know, like it's, it's really amazing. And I love my body and I, I love not needing to have uh, a flat stomach. I like, don't do core work anymore. I walk, I exercise every day. I hike, I do my yoga, but I used to be so anal about I have to do this daunting abdominal sequence every single day. It's like such a silly thing, but if I'm in the mood, I'll do it. But the the core of this is that something really significant shifted once I started to embody that which I had been learning about. There's one thing to like, like you were saying earlier about balance. Like we all like hear about it or we read about it. I had been reading about things, but not really putting it into practice. And I really just, I got to a point of feeling so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and of being so in my head about everything uh, and so rigid to the extent that I didn't even have holidays with my family because I had to eat alone. I had a specific breathing practice that I had to do and a chewing practice where I would chew each bite like 50 times while like breathing deeply into my belly. And it was like a meal would take me two hours. It was like a not the good kind of ritual. <laughs> so my entire life changed. I actually became, well, first of all, my energy came back. I was growing whiskers because that's how thin I got. The body started to grow. I forget the name of it. There's a specific name. I know what name. you mean. I've, I've had that as well. Yeah, I remember a hairdresser once for me asked me outrightly. He was like, are you funny with food? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, because you have facial hair. And I was like, what? <sighs> At the time. And I know he was coming from a kind place and bless him, he's not on this planet anymore. But like, I know he was coming from a kind place and it was almost like the universe being like, Pun, this is serious. Like it's yeah, sometimes fur. you develop fur because your body's so cold, it needs yep. warmth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe I don't think that I've like this is, we have so much in common. It's I like, know this is kind of crazy. It's not crazy. Really? It's so much. I know it's totally aligned. <laughs> this is this is this is the magic. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. So like things like so my whole, you know, my everything you know, where your mind goes, energy flows. And my mind was just so focused on like control, trying to control everything. And especially I took it out through food. And that's usually just a fear of, um, fear of letting go. Um, it's, it's really a trauma response that, you know, I really wasn't aware of. And, and I've, I've done a lot of work to get to the root of, of why or where that stemmed from. Uh, 
there's a lot of supposition out there. I don't know, but what I'm more concerned about instead of looking at the past is moving forward consciously and continuing to, to clear myself and to nourish myself and to take good care of myself now and to, to see my body as a temple is actually to understand that my senses are a gift, a temporary gift, a blessing that we've, we get to be in a body and, and one day we won't be anymore. So while we're here, you know, Tantra is all about bringing the spirit back into the body. So they're not these separate things anymore of like, oh, in order to be spiritual, I have to, cause I really was like in that holier than thou mentality where it was like strict raw vegan. Like if any, it's like, again, material pleasures are a distraction or disturbance. It's like, no, no, no. I was missing a point. So as I started to embrace a different path for me, like for some people, as mentioned, if you're a highly indulgent person, person, and you do not have any self-control, the yogic path will be good. But for someone like me, who was like super rigid, and I was curious about, I had been reading all these books about, you know, conscious pleasure and all this. And I, I, so I started to tiptoe into that world and I'll say a quick story of, you know, cause there's these little these little snippets that I don't forget that felt like turning points for me. Uh, I was out for a dinner. I went out for, a, I was not social. I was like a monk. In fact, I was planning on becoming a monk, but then <laughs> I, got, I got a download. I was going to shave my head, move to a monastery in Japan. Uh, and I chose to move to LA and get hair extensions and just let LA be my ashram. Thank but God. Yeah. <laughs> that, we would not be sitting here right now. I would just be silent. Somewhere. Well, maybe we both would be monks because I feel like I kind of went down that route as well at one point where I was like prepared for, yeah, no materialistic. And I love nice things. Oh, I fucking love them. Yeah. Love. Oh, I'm upset. I was, but I was always like, oh, you can't have that. This is like a whole other conversation around scarcity, but growing up anything nice. I had really great taste from a young age and everything, food, men, uh, yeah. things like clothes, all of it. You can't have that. <clears throat> it was always like, you can't have that or you're wrong for wanting. Yes. To oh my God. Or, or make the most of it while it lasts, like all this stuff, which is no disrespect to like caretakers and parents stuff, but it's all generational stuff. We're not born Absolutely. to Absolutely. It's not their fault either. Exactly. No. It's just passed down. It's just so passed down and they're not yeah. aware. It's funny because my mom and I are super besties and mm. she's like doing the work also, the work, mm. the play, the self-discovery in her seventies. And she's always like, oh, Shay, like, I hope I didn't, like, I wish I knew all this stuff. It's like, no, it's okay. You know, it's never too late to, uh, to do the work on behalf of our ancestors as well, who, you know, are coming from war times or suppression. I mean, this, this runs so deep in, uh, in the lineage. So it's really, you know, it's, it's no one's fault, but, uh, that being said, there was definitely, um, it's just so interesting that there's so many parallels, but one of the turning points was, um, I went to this dinner I was invited to, and I felt safe going. So I needed to feel safe in order to do things that involved something outside of my routine and my rigid structure, because I did have desires. Like I wanted to like do things, but I just, oh, I just was nervous that, I don't know, I would have to eat something bad or I would be off my routine. Like I was just so in my control, but it was with these two former monks and a friend of mine. And I knew that 
they were vegetarian and I knew that they had lived in an ashram. And I was like, okay, I'll go out for dinner with these, with this crew because I was inspired by them. And I knew it would probably be, you know, a conscious, healthy meal. And we ended up going to this super, super high end fancy restaurant that I normally wouldn't have chosen. I thought they were just going to go to some, you know, organic vegan hippie spot. And, but at the same time I was like, Ooh, like I like, I like me a gourmet place but I was like oh what am I gonna eat like in my head already before I even get there I'm like oh, looking at the menu I'm like I'll just have a salad okay I'm just gonna have a salad and then maybe later I'll have my own food okay so I had my plan had my plan good to go I'll just be social for five minutes wow we get there and it was a place that you can only order like appetizer like little tapas and I mean everything looked so good but it's like stuff I would never eat and I was very surprised that they would eat it because from their their lineage and their um background of who they were as monks was very simple vegetarian food. So I'm like, this is like, someone's like deep fried. It has these heavy sauces, all these different appetizers. And I watched the woman who I was with take a bite of something that I would at the time never eat. I don't even remember what it was, some fried vegetable or something. And she took the bite very consciously. I could tell very slow. She was looking at it first, smelling it. Mm, she made that sound. And she took a small bite and put the rest down and she was eating with her hands and she sat back in her chair and chewed so slow and her whole being just softened and relaxed. And all of a sudden she started to laugh. Like as she was, she just was like in this orgasmic state of laughter and joy and gratitude for this experience that she was a sensual experience of eating this food that just tasted so good, very good quality. Was it organic, vegan, raw kale? Uh, no, but her slowing down to receive it with reverence, right? Not with guilt of like, oh, I shouldn't be having this because it's, you know, it tastes good or I should be, you know, stuffing this and feel guilty about it after. She was fully present with the experience of pleasure and she exuded health. She exuded a connected person. So I was inspired by that. I just had an experience that was like, huh, I wonder if I could slowly start to incorporate more pleasure into my life, especially in the form of food and be slow and intentional with it and uh, make it into a ritual ultimately. And, and that was one of the starts of eventually going down this path of, of self-trust and uh, allowing pleasure to be a, a, a cornerstone of the healing journey. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. But while you were going through that path and taking the first steps, how did you center yourself so you weren't going back into old patterns because that's so ingrained right that side that part of you and okay. it's kept you safe you know that's the big thing particularly as women the whole safety thing absolutely due to that well that's a great question and it, it goes back to discipline ultimately which is uh boundaries ultimately like it's not it's not black or white it's not one or the other so for example i a very organized, disciplined person still. So knowing now that pleasure is important for me, that I can have things that I desire. Yeah. I, I will factor that in. So I still like, to, I'm, I don't just, you know, eat at 1am and like, I'm not just like, so I still have times because I know when my body feels best. I know, I know that I like to eat lighter in the morning and I like to have a big meal in the evening. Some diet book might tell me something different, but I actually am tuned into my body's wisdom and I follow that. So for example, going back to the cycle, 
uh, around my luteal phase, about a week before I get my period, I crave carbs. Now, if I, yeah, right. I want salty carby foods. So I go all out and now am I going to go get wonder bread? No, because I care about my vessel. I care about my temple and I want to give it only the best quality. So this has to do with, this comes down to like embodied self-love and I will have my sourdough, avocado toast with butter and eggs. And I, I'm just listening to my body. These are things I would have never allowed myself. So I shift my diet based on my cycle. That is a really great starting point for women, especially to understand or to get curious about how can I still have a sense of order, which is very important. No, I have certain, I have certain rules or gentle boundaries. I don't like eating after a certain time of night because it's not good for digestion. And I know it's going to affect my sleep and I don't want to feel heavy when I go to sleep, right? I have certain rules, but they, they're not, I don't even like to call them rules. They're, they're just what I know works for me. And it's, we, we have to have those boundaries. Otherwise we're just, you know, spilling all over the place, but are they yours or are they someone else's? That's the thing. Is it too much of that and not enough of the other? So we, we've got to take responsibility ultimately for our own, our own, how we're operating and, and how we're treating ourselves. And to know that um, we, we can have, we can be both. We can enjoy the pleasures of life. You know, start with one thing a day and make it a ritual. You know, if there's something that you've been craving, and honestly, I would go as far as to say anything right now, anything that you've been craving. I mean, you know, not a drug or something that's going to harm you, but like a food, uh, Give you, instead of like, no, I can't, or if you uh, emotionally eat it or you, you know, like scarf it down and feel guilt, like we talked about earlier, what if you were to make that thing into a meditation? So tomorrow's meditation, you don't have to sit with your eyes closed for 10 minutes if that's your jam, if you meditate, right? Or if you think you should be meditating. Instead, I want you to go get that muffin or that whatever it is, avocado toast, now that I said that, and you're like, ooh, maybe I want avocado toast, whatever it is, that chocolate bar. And when you take it and bring it out in front of you, play some of your favorite music, don't be distracted, ideally. Don't do it while you're on the computer. You, you deserve to be fully present with receiving, at least for this ritual, with this nourishment in front of you. Look at it. Tune into how your body feels. Like you're probably gonna to start to, your, your body's gonna produce saliva, feel how your whole entire energetic system shifts. Look at it. So you don't have to be, you know, crazily like, you know, is weird woo-woo about it, but just take some time to observe this. Smell it. Be with the sense of smell. When you put it in your mouth, put the rest down, whether you're you use a fork if you need to use a fork. I'm giving you permission to use your hands. Wash your hands, get in touch with that thing that you desire and give yourself some time to be with it because chances are you'll also be able to kind of gauge you know do I actually really want this you know or am I looking for sweetness uh, in another form and I'm you know seeking it through food but if you can really be present it's, it really comes down to being present with it and allowing yourself to enjoy a sensual moment taste what a gift mm. it will transform your hormones, it'll transform your body's stress response system. It'll, it'll lower the levels of cortisol, which actually contribute to inflammation and body fat. So meaning you can be eating very healthy food in a stressed out state, and it will not contribute to your <laughs> desired you know, experience of, of your body. And you can eat what you would perhaps classify as a little naughty, but with consciousness, intention, slowing down, 
again, you can't fool yourself though. Like eat vegetables also, <laughs> you know, like kids say, I'm just going to have Oreo cookies for the rest of my life consciously. Yeah. Hopefully that wouldn't be the case anyway. Hopefully that wouldn't be the conclusion. Like, be, be aware that the mind can be very cunning sometimes. Like it'll take, take something and make it into something else. Your higher self knows ultimately, but making it into a ritual um, and slowing down, chewing well, breathing while you're chewing, enjoying the sense of taste, like just having what you want will bring you more of what you want. It's as simple as that. And it comes down to, can I trust myself to give myself what I want? Is that what I really want? So again, get curious about your true desires. Desire is not something here. Desire is something in the the lower Dantian in the Tao it's called. So for, for men, it's, it's the reproductive section right underneath the navel for women too, the whole womb space. That's where true desire uh, originates. And that's where true wisdom and intuition also uh, exist and live. So we can be guided by our body's wisdom and trust that you're not going to find this in a diet book. No, for obvious reasons, right? Exactly. But you know, so this is what I love because my nutrition training was the best and the most confusing thing in the world because we learn from experts in all the different fields of diets and modalities that are meant to be the most healing thing. Here's someone who's an expert in vegetarianism. Here's an expert in the paleo thing. Here's an expert in uh, eating no carbs. Here's an expert in all carbs, Ayurveda, this and that. And they're all so convincing. They've got the science to back it up. And if I were, I would, I would be eating nothing and air if I were to follow all of them because they're all contradicting each other as well. So mm -hmm. it's important to know certain things. Like I learned a lot from my raw food days. I still drink green juice every single day. You know, I, I learned a lot about how grains affect my body, but I also know that, you know, some quinoa, some sourdough bread, like really ground me. Yeah. You know, like, so it's just, it's, it's a mixture of like using that, that knowledge that we get from outside and mixing it with our own inner wisdom and designing our own life, designing our own um, way of, of eating and knowing it doesn't have to be the same every day. Yeah, the whole same every day thing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the yang. That's like every day the sun rises, it peaks and it sets. And this is where we think we have to be the same amount productive on a daily basis because we're following the rhythm of the sun yet and this is where the yin teachings are coming in strong right now like a tidal wave for any gender and everyone our entire collective the entire planet is, is in dire need of a shift to a slower vibration again it's not the slow that we think of as in not productive but in realizing that you can be more productive than you ever thought was possible by pulling back <laughs> right? By balancing out the doing with being, by balancing out the inhale with exhale. And what do we all say that we crave in any way? Peace. I just want to relax. I just want to enjoy. I just want to like start to do it because the universe is only responding to the energy that you're putting out. That's and it. That's it. Yeah. It's so, but it's an addiction. I, I really feel it's an addiction to be in this Ugh, gross word the hustle word the h word you know you've got to keep pushing you've got to keep going you've got to keep striving and it's like that's pushing it away even more but if you look at like the corporate world for example traditionally that is what the corporate world has ingrained in people and in the school systems as well oh absolutely yeah it's yeah. deep it's deep
And this is why it's like little experiments, you know, with yourself, you know, just little mini experiments and you don't have to lose the other side completely. You know, if it feels like scary to be like, wait, I'm just going to like stop trying to do stuff. It's let not it that, <laughs> yeah, like, let it go and trust. And the thing is though, you know, life will bring us to um, a new, life will bring us to the truth though. You know, it's like the quieter you become, the more you can hear. So I sometimes feel, I know for my former self, my obsession and addiction with like overworking, for example, I was total workaholic, um, was a distraction. It was a distraction from addressing serious, more serious issues, such as my lack of menstruation, which I conveniently ignored for a decade because I was too busy with work. I don't have time to focus on my womb. I don't have time to, I had so many excuses. Little did I know I was blocking myself from the very thing that I actually wanted, which was ease, abundance, magic, like flow, like just joy and enjoyment and pleasure in life. We have to give ourselves pleasure if we desire pleasure. No one from the outside, nothing from the outside is going to do it. There's, it's, you can't effort your way to ease. Mm, you can't effort your way to ease. That is such a good saying. Oh my God. Oh, I can chat to you all oh, day. Oh, yeah. If anyone so wants good. to find so good, if anyone wants to find you, work with you, I'm assuming obviously next week's retreat is a little is a by the time the episode is live, we won't obviously. Yes, yes, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna but, be probably in in retreat. But um, yeah, I'll have um, I'm planning. So this is where the healthy masculine is really important because I like to plant seeds. It's just about not. You know, I used to be the type where I'd plant a seed and like, oh, here's the next thing I'm going to create. But then I would like obsess about it and like just work too hard. And I just plant the seed. It'll happen. Uh, I will be offering actually a virtual womb wisdom 101 workshop on Zoom. It's going to be like 20 bucks uh, in the end of the summer. And this is for those of you who actually might think some of this is a little woo woo. But at the same time, you're like, actually, that makes sense. <laughs> on some level somewhere and you're newing you're newer to the teachings or you're intimidated mm. uh you know because it can be what an, I was intimidated I was actually judgmental a lot of women who were teaching anything like oh god if you say the word goddess one more time like I was there and and now I, I use the word freely but I'm also aware that for some it's like well what's the reason like so you'll learn more of the the technology of pleasure, the science of pleasure, um, understanding uh, feminine anatomy. I work primarily with women in, in this segment, um, understanding pleasure anatomy and really how to cultivate your energy for healing, empowerment, personal growth, creativity. So that'll be happening into the summer. Otherwise, you can find me on my website, shaynahiller.com or on Instagram at shaynahiller. And yeah, just planting lots of seeds right now. So hopefully we'll all see them sprout and flourish together. Of course. And um, the question I always like to ask my guests is, what is your simple pleasure in life? You shed a lot today, but is there one that you just love to do? Mm, well, because you did, uh, you did share that question in the beginning. So I actually got to, I got to think of an answer because otherwise I would have probably been stuck. <laughs> and be like, well, like to give people the heads the up. Moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it channeled through the moment that you gave me the heads up. So this is the channel. It's nature. It's yes. being, in, it's getting into nature every single day. It's like, and as I'm talking, the sun just set and I'm hearing the crickets and, you know, the smell in the air. I hike every single day, getting into nature, especially like a well-nourished environment that's vital reminds me that I am her and I am mother earth. And uh, it's, it's 
the greatest pleasure to just be one with her. So nature is my, is my medicine, all of it in all forms, including food. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Thank you so much for joining today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you and for everything that Shane has shared on today's show, I will have in the show notes. And if anyone wants to reach out, write a cheeky review, spicy or vanilla, please feel free to. And I look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Bye. Wow. Thank you. Hello, Johnny.